0: Hey, Bob.
1: Hey, Mike. How you doing?
0: Good. How about you?
1: Doing all right. Great to see you.
0: I know. Nice seeing you too. Thank you for joining me on the Club 600 podcast.
1: Welcome to my home studio.
0: (laughs) I know. You got quite an impressive setup over there.
1: Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. This is great.
0: Yeah. Anytime. Of course. I mean, you've been such an integral member of the club. It was only common sense to get you on here as soon as possible. Thanks. (laughs) So for some of our members who don't really know you too well, how about you go ahead and just introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about, you know, what you do for the club and just so, sort of like your background in the fitness industry.
1: Sure. Interested in fitness all my life. When I was a teenager, I always thought that the military and basic training was the toughest training you could possibly get. I enlisted in the service partly because I wanted to experience that. I wanted them to know what it was like. Basic training to this day, probably the toughest physical challenge I've ever had in my life 12 weeks of a drill sergeant just riding your butt, pushing you beyond what you thought you could do. I always thought, I'm tired, I can't do anymore. And then you realize, I've got another eight hours of training ahead of me, I've got to do more. You're doing 18 hour days, you have a drill sergeant riding your butt, there's no alternatives. That really got me going. I've always been interested in fitness became a sports producer. I worked for 10 years for professional sports teams, covered the NFL, Major League Baseball, covered the Olympics for ESPN, covered the NBA for CBS Sports. I've always been interested in sports. And when I was covering all the sports and the training, i go to training camps say with the Dallas Cowboys. I started to befriend the coaches. I liked the coaches. I mean, I got along with the players and they were fun. But my fascination was, how do the coaches get the most out of the players? How do they do it? What do they do? that's where I really got the the real bug for it. And that sort of all that kind of morphed eventually into me becoming a personal trainer after working with professional athletes for 10 years.
0: Yeah, that's a phenomenal uh, source of experience and reference right there. I mean, I've known you for what, close to three years now. And before we were chatting the other day, I never even knew any of that about you. And and that's just awesome that you could have gotten so many different experiences in so many different fields.
1: Yeah, it's always fitness and wellness has always fascinated me. Even as a kid, I used to look at adults and I used to wonder, why does this 65-year-old look and act like he's 30? And why does this 30-year-old look and act like he's an old 65? It always fascinated me to see how people aged and how the healthy people aged and stayed healthy until they die, as opposed to the people that just seemed to have a waning, waning lifespan and had a lot of sickness and a lot of illness that always fascinated me. And I always realized that fitness and wellness and keeping the body healthy and the mind and the body together
0: is key. Yeah, that whole mind body connection is the absolute key, like you're saying to just having a quality, quality life quality standard of life. Um, you know, people just are able to age gracefully. Uh, I've seen people even here, um, they're well into their 70s, 80s, 90s, and they're still getting after it as if they're somebody who's like my age, a 23 year old kid, and i I look at them and I just think it's phenomenal that they're able to push themselves to that limit at their um, extended age. It's just incredible what the the human spirit really does, you know, combined with a, with a good mindset. Absolutely. Now, well, how has it been training remote? Uh, I mean, you have like a nice studio set up and everything over there, but has there been like a good amount of pros and cons compared to when you used to train, you know, six, eight hour days here at the club?
1: Yeah, still doing six to eight hour days here at home studio. It is quite different, uh, some ways superior, some ways not as good, of course. I miss, I love the energy of being in person. I love being in person with, you know, I love the exchange, like the energy. I love being part of it all. That part I really miss. That That's, that's a big thing that's missing. The nice stuff about it is with video, I get a fantastic total body three-dimensional views so i can look at your biomechanics just very clearly and without distraction and that's another part of it when we're doing this one-on-one i don't have any distractions clients doesn't have any distractions many of them have told me they work harder they get more done virtual than they ever do in person because in person you have interactions with other people you got to go from here to there and so forth whereas doing it personally You're on it. You're on it. You're on it. One, next, 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 next. And you're plowing through 25, maybe 30 exercises in an hour and getting a nice head to toe look at people. I can really get a super clear look at their biomechanics. I mean, I can do it in person, of course, but this, it just, it's really nice how it encapsulates it into the, the vertical screen. And I can see things. They, they just jump out at me about this is wrong. or this is wrong. Or why are you having a certain pain pattern? I can see why you're having a your pain pattern because your knee is caving in. Your glutes aren't engaging. Your abs aren't integrated. You know, wherever it is, it just pops out clearly on the screen. Causes me to be a hell of a lot more creative. I got to say, it's a lot easier at the gym to, okay, let's go to this piece of equipment, this apparatus. Let's go run outside and do this. I got a little box. I got a square. I got to keep it interesting. I got to do total body. I got to get cardio. I have to get spray training. I have to keep them engaged and interesting. And it has to happen in this small area. So really, really tapped into my creativity. Coming from a radio, TV background, I was a dish, I broke into the business as a radio disc jockey. I became a, a radio news reporter, and then a television newsman, a television news reporter covering news in Dallas, Texas. Before I got into sports, all of those things require, require different levels of creativity. So I love I love that I love having to do that, and I that's what I loved about the virtual. It made me, in some ways, reinvent the way I do things, keep people happy, keep them engaged, keep them wanting more, keep them coming back. So that part I really like, and it, it's always an ongoing challenge. Okay, in this box, what can I do? And my goal is give them a workout, every bit as hard as they're gonna get in the gym, make them feel like it's totally worth their time. So it's it's, it's great, you know? To me, a perfect deal is, and I'm hoping to get back to this soon, I've got so many clients now that are nationwide. I've got probably eight or nine people that are scattered around the country, one in South America. And I can see those people staying with me and they may even be more. So I can see maybe I'd like to get back to the gym, train in person, and then maybe hit a session or two virtual, a couple in person, just kind of running back and forth. I don't see the virtual going away. People that used to come to the gym, they love virtual so much. They've told me I have no interest in going back to the gym. So they are going to have those people, I have my out of state and out of country people. So I'm virtual as part of the pandemic is now definitely going to be a part, it's part of what I do. And I think it's going to remain that way, but I do want to get back in person. I know I will. I'm looking forward to it. I do have a bunch of clients who, you know, can't wait to get back to the gym and do some amazing drills that we get to do there at club 600 that, that we can't do in our little square. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's a very interesting dynamic because so many people in office buildings and different businesses, you know, they, they rave about it. They love the virtual, they can get all their work done right here. um, You know, without even having to leave their, their home or their office, their apartment. And it's just, it's a super time saver between commuting and whatever else have you traffic. But it's interesting to look at like the fitness industry, because I know so many people who have gained weight or have struggled with their health and wellness over the pandemic, because they haven't been able to access to a gym or they don't feel safe going into a gym. So it's great that you can, especially you, you've had such success doing so and it's a testament to you being able to gain clients nationwide um, and worldwide is um, you're able to culminate all your skills and your past experiences. And you've become the sum of those experiences to the point where, you know, you got this, like you're on the ball, like you have people rolling again, like six to eight clients a day. That's impressive, even in person, but to do it virtually and to have people who are motivated, dedicated um, and want to keep coming back like that's just a true testament to your skill level.
1: Thanks. Thanks so much. I tell you, I've learned so much, having a great opportunity to do all of the things that I've had to do up to this point, meeting some just some amazing people. You know, Arthur Ashe was a fantastic guy. I worked with Arthur a lot for a couple of years, pretty straight off interviewed all kinds of people from, you know, uh, Muhammad Ali to, to uh, you know, anybody in the Dallas Cowboy organization, all these just great, great people. And then people behind the scenes when I was in the news, you know, police officers, homicide detectives, you know, all of these different people, just great people, amazing human beings excelling in their fields, doing these incredible things. And getting to me especially greatness with Olympic athletes and athletes who are worldwide, they're known worldwide or definitely nationwide. And to get behind these people and realize who they really are and to watch them work and to watch them work out, just take all that in. I mean, I've just been so fortunate to see some of the top athletes in all major sports in the United States, work out, spring training, football training camp, Olympic athletes training at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado. So just like absorb this stuff like a sponge and just you know take all that experience and bring it back out to you and to anybody else that wants to work with me. It's just, I've been very, very fortunate to be able to do what I want to do and have it culminate into this situation here where I can take what's been done to the top elite athletes in the world, take that in, bring it back out and apply it straight to you. It's just, just phenomenal. I'm very, very fortunate.
0: Yeah. It's such an exciting lifestyle. It is, I mean, just from you talking, I could just feel the passion and, and the fire just come from out from your soul. You know, it, you've been able to have all these experiences in an industry that you clearly love and you enjoy and you continue to do so and continue to help other people. I mean, that's really what it's all about is being able to make these connections, make these interactions and help people along the journey. Um, you know, that is life. And you've been able to do a ton of that and, you know, taking so many great experiences and learn from so many great people at, top of their top of their level you know top skill level and clearly it's rubbed off on you with your your success now
1: thank you i i do like it i have learned a lot i remember and like when i go with the dallas cowboys i go with them every year to to training camp and i used to love playing a game just looking at the players coming in the new players trying out the veterans and picking out who's going to be successful who's going to wash out and you could just tell by the way they moved. Do they have natural movements? Do they have a natural level? Was it just uh, dumb luck almost? And they, they could do it, but they're not doing it right. And they're going to destroy their bodies. And they're not going to be very efficient with their bodies. So it's it just kind of fun to just watch the best in the world, not only those who succeeded, but those who came so close and struggled, but were just off because maybe not quite the right coaching as they were coming up, not the right body mechanics. A lot of coaches didn't want to mess with body mechanics. If somebody comes in, they're doing really well. And I'm looking at them thinking, oh, that pains me to look at that. That doesn't look right. Coaches might say, you know, but this guy's successful. I don't want to mess with it. I tell you, more often than not, those guys had real short careers. They started to become very injury plagued. And so my passion for this sort of comes from that a lot, how do, you, how do you take what an athlete can do and be like a Tom Brady and yep. be so successful at what he does by taking care of his body and paying attention to all of his biomechanics, apply that to every single person that you train every person that you work with. That that's just been really incredible. I, it's just been, uh, this, this knowledge that the just been absolutely incredible. I've been very, very fortunate.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I mean, that actually led into, like, my next question. I was going to ask you, like, if you had to pick an area of an exp- expertise within the fitness industry, like, what would you say you specialize more so in, like, strength and conditioning, functional movements, functional training, you know, cardio, so on and so forth? Or are you more so, you you kind of work as, like, a scientist, and you look at the anatomy and the the planes of movement and just kind of, you know, get people a- almost like a Tom Brady to be able to perform, you know, an average average everyday person to be able to you know, almost perform like they were a peak athlete and have their body in like peak shape for like their age and their limitations?
1: Great question. Actually, I I love it all. And I want to do it all with everybody. But it begins with a foundation. If you don't have a good foundation of proper movement, I don't care how many squats, lunges, how you throw your body around, how much cardio you do, how much you feel out of breath, how much that was a great workout. If you don't have good biomechanics, you're sunk. You're going to have a you're going to have a pain you're going to have pain patterns you're going to have issues which are going to prevent you from working out in the future. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, solid foundation. What's right with you? What's wrong with you? What do we need to fix? What needs work? That has to be done first in all planes of motion. If I just take a person and just throw them into a bunch of exercises or an exercise class, that person's going to move in the only way they know how to move, be it right or be it wrong. I want it right. If you want longevity and you want a pain-free life, it's got to be right. So I take the foundation of the person. I assess all the movement patterns and I get them as perfect as I possibly can in all three planes of motion. From that, we grow to everything you just mentioned. It could grow literally to plyometrics, to high intensity training, to all kinds of things, all different weight training, just everything all out, cardio thrown into the mix because the biomechanics are sound, now I can do it. If I take someone whose biomechanics are faulty, I'm going to cause, I'm going to repeat those faulty patterns. I'm going to emphasize them and I'm going to eventually lead this person down the road to injury. So to your question again, I love it all, but it's got to be done right.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know, if, if you're taking a beaten horse who's used to being beaten down and, you know, moving in the wrong direction, just and try to guide them they're just gonna be flying blindly it's like yeah maybe they may be able to pull the hay or, and you know do all these other different movements but at the end of the day they're gonna be worn down they're gonna be beat they're not in for the long run it's a it's a short-term gain you know so it's you're gonna make all this progress have a fallback due to an injury which is inevitable to happen um you know based off their conditioned movements and their conditioned um biomechanics and they're just gonna end up they're setting up for failure pretty much but the way you do it you almost reassess them Re- reshape them put them in the right direction you recondition so they get to the point where they're better than they saw before they may have to go back a little bit you know they get pulled back a little bit but it's almost like an arrow like you have to get pulled back a little bit to shoot forward you know
1: that's right that's right i mean i love nothing more i mean i love
0: all of all of the things that talk about, but i
1: really love it when somebody comes to me and they've had pain patterns their whole life Maybe they've been to physicians. Some of them have had surgery. Some of them have been to physical therapy to no avail. And I love looking at those people and figuring out what's been missed, what's wrong, what's causing this, identifying it, attacking it, and putting it in the rearview mirror, if at all possible. I mean, that to me is, is, is one of the great things about this position, this job that you can do that I love when they've had medical clearance and they've been through the medical system and it's still unresolved. That's a lot of fun for me. I mean, not that I don't like the fact that people are paying, of course, yeah. but I love being able to lift them out of this pattern of, of, of that kind of destruction that they've been going through.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, a saying I saw before related to sports psychology, just the sports industry in general, it's, you know, the larger the fall, the greater the comeback, you know, the, the larger, and people love an underdog story. I mean, like Rocky, I mean, Rudy, all those like great sports movies. When you go into like, you know, a bad place or like a pit of despair to be able to come out of it better on the other side. That's just extremely motivational, and it builds your confidence in ways that nothing else really can. I mean, that's part of the beauty of sports. Is um, even the Patriots, like Super Bowl Fifty One, when they played the Falcons, they came back down twenty eight to three. It's like you, the odds just stacked against you. But as long as you have that mindset and you're willing to be coached, such as like your clients, you know, they may have setbacks due to a physical limitation from physical therapy or an injury but as long as they're willing to have an open mind and open mi- um open mindset to work and put the work in and listen to you, they can, you know, make serious, like serious long-term adjustments in gain serious progress. is going to help them have a better quality of life.
1: It's so true. They have to have, the, they have to have the will and the power to, to do that. I, mean, I remember when I interviewed Carl when just before he retired, he went his last year at baseball, he told me that it, as successful as he won, triple crown winner, as successful as his career was, he said, it was tough, man. He said he had to work his butt off, that he didn't have a real natural talent for it. He had to build the strength to work up to get the talent. He grew up in Long Island, potato farmer. His father was a potato farmer. and They'd take the bad t- potatoes and they whip them. and try to hit potatoes with a stick ball. <laughs> I mean, this guy just busted his butt and it was hard. Hard work, but when you watch them on the field, look kind of natural, look like he was, you know, look like it's it brilliant. really wasn't such a, such a thing. But to your point, this guy busted his butt like a lot of athletes have to. A lot of athletes just don't have the natural talent. They got to bust their butt to get it. And he was, a, for me personally, one of the greatest examples I could see of somebody who pushed through to a real high level of success. Although there's countless cases of people doing that even as we speak today.
0: Now, if there was one tip you had to give somebody, you know, whether they're a beginner or they're a pro athlete or anything like that, what would it be in terms of getting themselves into the best physical and mental shape as possible?
1: Well, that's a tough question. (laughs) Um, Or a piece of advice, you you know? I know. Well, you have to want it. You can't just say the words. It has to come from the heart. You have to have the feeling and you have to have the passion. If you don't have that, you'll fail. You have to have that. So if you have that commitment and you bring it to the table, you just realize that it's mental and physical together that you have to work, the mind and body connection. And that not only means on the food that you eat, but it's the way you move and the way you exercise. As people, we're supposed to move all the time. Our body gets health through movement. A male is supposed to move about 10 to 12 miles a day, a woman at least six to eight miles a day, according to an anthropologist I trained at Harvard University. Movement is health. You get massage of all the glands in the body, the hormones, blood flow, all that. So you've got to move. So, so you got to eat right and you have to move. I mean, that would be basic, honestly, it's basic advice. Keep moving, don't sit around. Be as active as you possibly can. Find something to be passionate about that gives you a chance to move your body, to want to move your body. Hopefully, you do want to go to a gym, but even if you don't want to go to a gym, get outside. Do some walking, do a little run, whatever physical activity would encourage you to do it. You want it, that's where you wanna be. You just you have to keep moving, basically. Keep moving.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's just a great analogy on life in general. You know, if something comes up, you just gotta keep moving. You know, you have a fork in the road, you just gotta keep moving. You know, if you exactly. just stay, if you stay put, then you become stagnant and then you're gonna be completely off trap, off track and completely get discombobulated. Um, you, do. you know, and especially when it comes to other people, it's, it's so hard for other people, you know, to find the motivation. So they may get dependent on another person to be that extra push. But I tell people all the time, friends, family, loved ones, boyfriend, girlfriend, doesn't really matter. It's, you know, I, I can walk beside you on the path, you know, I can hold your hand. I can walk beside you on the path, but I can't walk it for you. You know, I, I can't drag you to the finish line. Like you're going to have to run it. You're going to have to walk it. So I may be here as a support system, which I'm sure you feel the same way. Like, you know, as a personal trainer, as a coach, um, you know, friend, family member, all the different roles you fill, you're there to help them out. But ultimately it's their path to walk. It's their life to live, but you can give them all the advice they want, but if they're not willing to take it and they're not willing to go with it, then it's not going to work out.
1: So true. You hit it on the head. It is so true.
0: Now, we're talking a lot about health and fitness and wellness and all that eating healthy, moving. What are some of your other favorite hobbies besides fitness? Or what are some of your, some of your like guilty pleasures, like for food and stuff? I'm curious.
1: <laughs> well, you know, for food, I always feel like um, I've always, I live my life, that I want to grab some things that are maybe not good for you, uh, but just do them in moderation. Yep. So, I mean, I basically and generally try to eat very well and very healthy. I try to eat food closest to the source as I possibly can. I uh, have uh, greens and salads every day, along with uh, healthy proteins and complex carbohydrates. But beyond all that stuff, I do like to, I like sweets sometimes. So I may uh, have give myself a treat of some dark chocolates occasionally. Uh, maybe once uh, once in a while I'll get an ice cream or something. See, I think that, you know, total denial doesn't necessarily work and can cause a rebound effect. If you know that you can live basically a nice, healthy lifestyle and still get to do some of the things that are maybe "quote unquote" a little naughty, then you can do it. You can maintain it. I know. I well, I stay healthy. I try to stay in shape. That doesn't mean I can't have that ice cream cone if I want it. That piece of dark chocolate I want it. Whatever else that kind of makes me happy. Food that makes you happy increases your endorphins. It actually is measured it chemically in the brain, neuroscientists have, it causes a positive physiological effect. So as long as the food's not putting on the weight and you're not doing it excessively, I believe that those treats are an important part of, of being healthy, honestly. So you don't deny, not denial, just moderation and wise choices. So that, you know, that's where I am on, on food and diet. Fitness is my, it's my passion and it always has been. I, I, I walk the walk. When I'm not training people, I'm working myself. I'm moving all the time. I get cardio all the time. I get strength training all the time. I try not to sit that much. I will foam roll. I will stretch. I will try to feed the body health and wellness. Get outside, drink in the air, look, at, look around, talk to people, be engaged in conversation. Keep the brain engaged. Keep the brain and body engaged, keep it all moving. As I, earlier in my career, I've traveled a lot. I've traveled a ton all over the United States. So for over 10 years, I had a job where I got on a plane to go to work every day. So the travel, though I do like to travel some, I've done hundreds of thousands of miles of travel. So I find that even though I still enjoy that, I like to find the pleasure in my own environment and the places I live and the people I know and I try to just really grab from that as much as I can every day,
0: yeah, I mean that's just a beautiful way to look at it you're as long as you keep an open mind and you're willing to take in the people in your environment, you always will continue to grow and always continue to gain a better perspective um, and then, like you were saying, like how even when you're not you know training other people like you you're pretty much fully engulfed with the fitness, I just have to say that little little off topic, but I absolutely love all the pictures you're always posting on Facebook of those walks. You always go on near your house when you walk in your dog. Like, all those are just lovely pictures.
1: Thank you. You know, obviously, when I broke into television, the first job I had in TV was as a television photographer. When you're in the smaller markets, you're not only the reporter, but you're the photographer. So we would go out in teams of two. So I would be his photographer. He would be my photographer. So photography, I've always had a nice talent for it. And uh, I've always, so I've got an eye. You've got the eye, you don't. I've got the eye. I got profa- paid professionally to be a photographer for years. So thank you for that. I, I, I still love photography. I guess to your point earlier, hobbies, I suppose so. Anytime I go out, I'm taking my camera with me. So you're absolutely right. I guess that is something I like to do. I'm still passionate about photography because it's just a lot of fun for me. I love to see the beauty in the viewfinder. I love to see the beauty in the world and just put it through my eyes and just get it out to you.
0: Yeah, Absolutely. Now, how do you manage to stay so motivated? Like, is it just based off your pure fashion, uh, pure passion for fitness in the health industry? Or is there like certain things that push you?
1: I, you know, it's a good question. I was I don't understand this, but I was born with this. I all of my life I've been fascinated with wellness and health and the body. I remember as a I couldn't, I was in elementary school pouring through medical encyclopedia. It's a very bizarre, I don't really know where it comes from. There's nobody in my family that is into this or is a doctor or anything. I've always had a fascination with the body, how it works. I, first I was medically, I wanted to know about the kidneys and the liver and the spleen and everything, and what they are and what they do and how they work and how they stay healthy, and what goes wrong with them. And then that transcended into, well, I don't wanna be a doctor but let's have, go ahead and take it out. And then I took it out into the world of fitness. And as I said, at the age of 17, Saying, I want to know what the tough, what's the toughest thing in the world a guy can do? It's physical. And at the time, I thought military basic training. So that's you know, so I don't know where the drive comes from, but I've, I've always had that drive and that energy. I'm a real observer of people, which is why I was such a good. I'd like to think I was a good reporter because I'm an observer, and I and I pick up things on people. I pick up subtleties, and I've seen people in all walks of life. Those down on the street to those who have been super, super successful and everybody in between, always analyze. What is it about this person that makes them successful? Why is this person in the dirt? What about this person in the middle? Why can't he or she stray go to this side instead of going back to this side? I've been a fascinating observer of humanity and I've had all of these jobs being paid as an observer, as a radio and television reporter, right? As a sports reporter, as a producer to observe behavior observe people and I, I think you know I, I don't get don't know where it comes from but that's that's just ingrained in me always has been always has been it's funny even in video to the point not to get too technical yep. but a lot of times would be in the edit day and I'd be looking at something we would be passing through and I'd say whoa stop that let's roll it back and we'd roll it back and it would typically be maybe three or four frames you know a frame 30 seconds 30 frames is a second in video So typically, I could see maybe three or four frames that nobody else could pick up of something's wrong. was a glitch in the video or something went wrong. So I've always had, uh, I don't know, it's a keen insight. And even when I'm training people, I can see things that just they'll be super, super subtle, a fraction of a second. And I can pick up on it and then ride with that. And that takes me down where I need to go with that person. So I think that, I, I don't know where it comes from. I was just born with it. Just observe, 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 and learn.
0: Yeah, you're a natural. You just have that innate ability, you know? And that's that's a phenomenal tool to have. And it's amazing how, you know, there's so many times where people kind of waste away their talents. They keep it to themselves or they don't develop it. They don't build on it. They don't grow from it. And clearly you've had a lifetime worth of experiences to continue to grow and refine that skill and share it with other people. And that's just a testament to your work ethic and your true passion for it.
1: Thanks. And it's a, it's a respect for other people as well. You know, I really I really have that. And I think that that's super important to respect other people and to have had the opportunity to meet with some of the greatest people in their industry and to see how they are and how they react and how celebrities who treated people poorly as opposed to celebrities who treat people really well. And just looking at the two behaviors and the two types of people and what their attitude is on life, how they live their life. People who are miserable to people are typically miserable themselves and vice versa. People who are really, you know, I think of, I go back to Arthur Ashe. Arthur Ashe was one of the nicest guys you could ever know. This guy was well-known in his time. You know, the name of Stadium after him is probably how people know him today, right? But I I knew the guy. I remember one time we were working together, we went to the, he took us to the Hard Rock in in, uh, LA. So Arthur sees, we see a long line. So what does Arthur do? He doesn't play like a big shot. He takes us all to the back of the line. Until about a minute and a half later, the manager of the Hard Rock says, holy cow, Arthur Ashe is in the back of the line. So he comes and grabs Arthur and he brings us all to the front of the line, puts us in the VIP thing, gives us all t-shirts and all this other stuff. But the point being, Arthur Ashe was the most humble guy in the world, yet his face had in his heyday could get him in anywhere doing anything, but he wouldn't do it. And he was the greatest human being that behavior in public is a guy he was in private. What you put out, in my opinion, is, is what comes back, whether you realize it or not, internally, that's going to come back at you. And I think you know that. I mean, to be able to see that in so many different celebrities and so many different people and just regular people over the years really had a huge impact on me. And I try to emulate the best of those things. I grew up without a father. So I, I, as a kid, I think part of it stems from it. I always look at the different fathers. Well, okay, which father do I like? If I was a father, what would I be like? This guy, I like his. I like this about him. I like this about him. I like this about him. And try to put all these characters of what makes a good guy. I like the toughness over here. And make that me. So it's kind of funny. Instead of one father to emulate, I tried to emulate all of these guys who were very successful in their life. Had right? different qualities and different traits. Bring them all together, meld them into one human being. Try to become that person. Whether I become that person or not, who knows? But that's you know part of what it's you know where it comes from. It's kind of funny just not having a dad. how that just kind of brings it all out to so many different things.
0: Yeah, I mean, and that got me thinking. You know, I. I think about this all the time. It's like people who set high goals, even if they don't reach their goals, they're working so hard and they're trying to constantly improve themselves so much that, yeah, maybe at the end of the day, you don't reach the goal, but you're going to be in a hell of a lot better place than you were before. And you can look back at your progress and just realize, wow, I became this great, amazing person along the journey. Because so much with life, it's always about reaching the goal. It's about the journey along the way and finding yourself and getting rid of those toxic traits and bad behaviors and bad habits along the way, you know?
1: Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the whole thing, go to the sayings, you know, it's about the journey, not the destination. John Lennon, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. I mean, it's true. You have to, it's the day to day, to day, to day. And I'll right and all the stuff you were, I mean, every, when I was in uh, covering news and I'd come upon the scene of a tragedy, maybe an auto fatality or homicide, or a drowning victim. Every time I went to every one of those things, I would say to myself, this person did not plan to die today. This, I would always think this, this person had plans for the weekend, maybe had a summer vacation, Had it, wanted to have a family, wanted to have kids, whatever, did not plan to die today. And that's how we should be living our lives. None of us plan to die today, but there will be a day when we will. So you have to go ahead and enjoy and embrace what it is you're doing now, not to get as to your point, Mike, so obsessed with what's out there that you forget you're blowing off the day.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, 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 that gave me chills. Just thinking about all that, you know, really soaking that in. That's such a wonderful way to look at life. And I, I can only wish that more people looked at it that way.
1: It, it, It was, yeah, it, again, it came earlier. Now to, I'll sort of ended here. Just one saying. One time I went to a, there was a a death at the lake. Yep. Twenty-three year old man dies at the lake, and I thought, okay, I got to get out there and cover this. this. is a news story. He was he drowned. And he was shot. So I went out there, and in Texas, it's the justice of the peace they would call out to pronounce the the body dead. So I went out there, and I, I see the justice of the peace. I see the body laying there. Justice of the peace comes out to me. And I go up to him, eager young reporter. Okay, what do we got here? Lead story on the news tonight. Was a drowning? Was this a homicide? What is it? He looks at me and he goes, young man, he died of natural causes. You can die of natural causes whether you're 23 or 83. I'll never forget it. Stuck with me so much. I'm thinking, well, for one thing, this is not a news story. A natural death. It's kind of sad in itself. But another thing to realize how fragile we are. At such a young age was really sober
0: you know. yeah i mean even myself i'm a pretty young man i i i've gone a little bit over as i've grown through experiences and had my fair share of injuries and experiences um to come to realize that i'm not invincible but there's always that little speck of me that feels like hey i'm str- i'm a strong young kid like I- i'm gonna push through like I'll, i'll be all right for a long long time but you know, life is fleeting. You never know just in a snap when it could go. So like you were saying before, it's just day by day. You got to make the most of each day if you truly want to have a quality life and you truly want to make the most of it with the people you care about.
1: And I mean, I guess to me, seeing so many honestly violent deaths, as I've seen, I've seen so many corpses pulled out of cars, I've seen so many bodies pulled out of rivers, I've, I've seen bullet riddled bodies. I mean, you know, to, that's that's a lot of, that's a, that really smacks you right in the face. Yeah. And these are all young people, of course, almost all across the board, you know, teens to maybe 30 or something as an average age. I mean, that, those kind of images, you're going to, it's either going to like devastate you, you're cowering, or it's going to make you come up and say, you know something? This Life is very, very precious that we have here. There are no guarantees about anything. And this body of ours that we think is so tough, I'm looking at these different, You know, not to be gross, bloated bodies when you're coming out of whatever it is, the Mm. body just gets so torn up so easily, so easily that you have to respect it. You have to respect that.
0: Every day is a gift. That's why they call it the present, right? You got it. Yeah. (laughs) Now, Bob, I've had such a great chat with you. If other people want to get in touch with you and reach out to you, whether it be for training or just advice in general, what would be the best way for them to reach you?
1: um just probably through summit they could just uh do my uh club 600 i think it's still the summit email though bgarvin at uh, summitbedford.com i believe that's still still a way that'd be a great way to do it That'd be the best way to get a hold of it
0: yeah well i've had a, such a great time chatting with you bob i'm definitely gonna have to reconnect with you soon you know outside of this podcast and just continue to pick your brain on some of your experiences because a lot of the stuff that you said really hit home to me, whether it was fitness related or not. And I just really appreciate being able to, you know, almost like how when you were younger, you soaked in knowledge from so many masterful and wonderful people. I, I kind of feel like it's a little bit of like a roller verse, like now you're the teacher and I'm like the young student just trying to soak in the knowledge. It's just been so educational and so eye opening just to be able to sit down with you for these last few minutes.
1: I want to say the same thing. You like, I appreciate that you're honored. I got to tell you, I love your posts. I look at your posts Thank and they're just so positive and they're motivational. And a lot of them are pretty deep. Uh, so, I mean, you're, you're, you're well on your journey to, to being what you want to be. I can tell by, by the things that you post.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. I've always, um, honored myself and try to keep myself humbled as well with being a deep thinker and a deep empathizer of other people and a, a connector, you know, um, I, I like to thrive in leadership roles. So I always like to be able to connect with so many different people, which clearly you're a great example of being able to do that.
1: Well, thanks so much for having me, Mike. This was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, well, do it again.
1: All right. You All take right, care. Bob, take care. I'll talk uh-huh. to you
0: soon. Okay. Thank you.